Well, good afternoon, good morning, and good evening, whatever time of the day it is that you're listening to this program. Welcome to Philadelphia Eagles Talk with Jeff and Eagles Nation. How does 5-0 and o sound to start the year? Because that's what our Eagles accomplished today, going on the road. Although, once again, I credit our fellow Eagle fan brethren across this country that show up and take over the opposing team stadium. Uh, you know, you can't do it in every stadium. You understand that, but there's a lot of them that we do. And kudos, shout outs to anyone out there uh, who showed up at that, uh, you know, down there in LA because that sounded like an Eagles home game from the television set. And I mean, I thought the Eagles were at home. Other than obviously the ambiance and, and, and the stadium, clearly you know you knew that they weren't. But uh, so shout out to all the Eagle fans, uh, you know West Coast, our West Coast brethren, Eagle fans out there. As the Eagles get a victory today over the Rams, twenty-three to fourteen, lower scoring than I thought, you know. But as I say that, there was a lot of missed opportunities in the red zone for the Eagles. Um, probably should have had at least a couple more touchdowns. And that really is going to lead the, you know, criticism that I have for today's game. A lot of good positives, believe me. But, you know, I talk about it all. I talk about the negatives, talk about the positives. And the red zone, and this has been something that has been plaguing this team all season, is the red zone inefficiencies. And, and I blame it on one guy. And some people may not like this. Well, there's really two that I think. Sometimes it's the play calling. With Brian Johnson, I can't stand the Hurts keepers inside the 20. Or really any part of the, of the field. But he did it twice late in the game with, like, with five or six minutes left, you know, when they're inside the 15 or 10-yard line. And he calls two straight Hurts keepers. I mean, th- those plays belong in the trash bag. This is on first down. And so I am going to continue to harp on that because, number one, you're putting your freaking quarterback at risk of injury. So that's number one. Number two, most of the time it's ineffective because defenses are keying on Hurts more than ever. You know, he's been in the league now for three three years, and they know that he's a weapon, and they're keying on him more often than not. Yeah, does he still break one every once in a while? Sure. Less, less in the red zone, though. There's not much room to move around you got to take that play call and throw it in the freaking trash. If it's fourth down, if it's third down, and, you know, and you think you can catch them off guard, fine. Not on first and second down. I do not want to see that anymore. Somebody talk to Brian Johnson and tell him to throw that play in the garbage. That's part of the problem. The other problem, problem is Jalen Hurts. He's thrown... His last two interceptions were happened in the red zone, in the same corner of the red zone, ironically. Uh, so he has got to get better passing accuracy-wise and just reading the defense-wise in the end zone. He had, uh, he had Quez Watkins wide open on the interception, 
that he threw when he was trying to squeeze it into to uh, to Smith. Um, just bad, bad decisions, bad throwing by Jalen Hurts. He deserves the other half of the blame. Play calling and Jalen Hurts inside the twenty have been awful this year. Point blank. Point blank. That is absolutely the reasons why they were having problems. I don't know why Goddard hasn't been more of a weapon in the end zone. They did go to him today. He did score one. Um, but most of the year he hasn't. You know, today finally Goddard, and it's not Goddard's fault. They just haven't been thrown to him. I mean, you got to start using him more as a weapon. And really, they could have thrown him more today, and they didn't. Quez, you know, I know he's the first time he's been back in here since week one, but Jay went overthrew him when he was open in the first half, wide open, wide, wide open, and then wide open in the end zone. And Jalen missed him. So it's part hurts and it's part play calling, but they got to get that fixed. You could beat these teams that are either good teams or obviously bad teams. But when you play the Cowboys, when you play the 49ers, when you play the Chiefs, when you play Seattle on the road, when you play a lot of these difficult, really tough games coming up, the Eagles cannot afford to keep crapping the bed in the red zone and not executing and because they're going to lose those games. I'll tell you right now, they will not win those games if they play this badly in the red zone and not capitalize on uh, – and not capitalize, not finish drives with seven, not threes. It's happening way too much. And today, I don't want to sit there and beat them up too badly because, honestly, as you know, I wasn't really sure about this game. I really wasn't. So I'm not going to, you know, I'm just going to get my criticism out of the way early because there's a lot of positives to talk about this game. There is. But this is frustrating. This is like mounting frustrating because this is not just a one-game deal. If it was just a one-game struggle in the red zone, I wouldn't be this amped up about it. This is a some. This is now a trend, and it's not a good trend. And this is one the Eagles got to fix because we're, we're running out of time. We got some good, really, really good teams, some of the best teams in the league coming up in our schedule, not too distant future. We got the Dolphins coming up. We got, uh, you know, the Chiefs. We got the Cowboys. Um, 49ers. Seattle. You gotta, you gotta capitalize against those teams. Got them. I mean, the Eagles should have won this game by at least a couple more touchdowns. Although the Rams, there was that one play where they had the, is that a two? I, I know I've been butchering the Rams wide receivers. I know Cup. Cup's the one that can pronounce. Uh, the one that scored the uh, touchdown early in the game for the Rams, Atu, I think his name is. Um. He, you know, Stafford just missed him on a bullet line drive pass to just over his head. If he hit that one, that would have been a, you know, 75-yard touchdown pass. So they, they missed their opportunities, too. That one, probably the most pointed one. But they didn't have the red zone problems the Eagles had today. They pretty much scored every time they were in the red zone today. They, you know, two times they were in there, they scored both times. But the Eagles were down there, you know, ample times. And only were able to get two touchdowns. Um and, uh, you know, left a lot, lot of meat on the bone. 
So the game overall, because of the Eagles miscues in the red zone, was lower, short, you know, a lower score than I thought. I guess it would be like 33 to 31 or something like that. Eagles defense played a lot better than I thought. So great job by them being shorthanded in the, uh, in the, uh, you know, secondary. And they were getting eaten up in that first half. I mean, Cooper Cup hasn't played a down this entire year. And he was like, you know, it looked like he hasn't missed a play the whole season. They had no answers for him. He was all over the place, catching everything. Doesn't matter where they were lining up. He was open, catching the ball, making plays. Um, I thought that was going to be a major problem for the rest of the game. But kudos to, you know, um, Sean Desai because they made some adjustments clearly on Cup because he was, I mean, part of the, here's the thing. I know they definitely made some adjustments on him because they, because, um, you know, Stafford wasn't going to him as often. But the other key to that was, the Eagles had the ball like 70% of the second half of the game. So I think that was probably a two-pronged reasoning why Cup's numbers, um, you know, slowed down so dramatically in the second half. But they made some adjustments, and they they, they looked like they did work. But, um, you know, but they they played well defensively. They definitely got pressure on, on Stafford. You know, secondary is still banged up, but they played pretty well um, for the most part. There's definitely still some gaping holes in that secondary that good offenses, good passing offenses are going to attack and good offensive coaches are going to attack. Um, but that's the reason for the lower score. And this is another reason why I'm, I'm so thankful that I don't bet as often as my body really, my mind really wants to. I mean, I, I'm, I like to bet. I like to bet, but it's, but it, but it's something I, I keep under control, you know? And uh, I think I might've just skipped, skips where I was in the podcast there. So if you hear like a, a repeat or something like that, I mistakenly hit a button there. But anyway, uh, what I was saying was, you know, I would have easily taken the over in this game and comfortably. I would have like slept like a baby if I made the bet yesterday going into today, making that bet. I thought for sure this wasn't easy. I think it was like 50.5 points was the over under. And I would have been like, man, this is a gimme. This is a, this is, like taking candy from a baby baby type of bet, you know? And I would have lost. And I would have probably bet a decent chunk on it. So uh, I'm glad I didn't bet, you know, because uh, it ended up being under. So anyway, Eagle fans, the, we go to 5-0. and We go to 5-0. and And uh, that's all you, you want to keep stacking these wins. The Eagles are doing that. They played a very good game. I'm going to get into the positives here now because I know I just kind of, you know, there's two major critical – issues that I had and I just covered them, you know, and it's mainly just one real issue. That's the red zone inefficiencies and the two reasons why. So that's been covered. Got that out of the way. Before I get into the positives and the other parts of the game, I want to comment on uh, email us your thoughts. Remember we've got a website here where you can communicate with the show. That's P E T W G P at gmail.com. Again, P E T W G P at gmail.com. Even if you just want to say hello, let me know you're out there. Let me know where you're from. Uh, but also while you're doing that, make sure you hit the subscribe button, make sure you rate the program, give me five stars really helps out. It really, really does help out. So thanks you. And thank you as always, as I do, um, for listening, I really, really appreciate it. All right. So, um, let's talk about some of the, uh, some of the really positives of the game. And that once again, Jalen Carter, I was watching Carter and, and a lot of plays trying to focus on him. And obviously he had, a, he had, I think he had a sack and a half. I don't know if they gave him, um, two full sacks, but I believe he had, I know he definitely had one sack and I think he was part of another sack. So he may have had two sacks in this game or a sack and a half. Either way, even when he was not, you know, getting the sacks, 
he's violent in there uh, in the uh, you know in the line of scrimmage. It's fun watching him, and he's getting double teamed. He was double teamed a lot in this game. Now there was no um, Fletcher Cox to worry about today for the Rams, as the he did not play. Um, so I think they you know they shifted the focus. It made it easier for them to shift the focus on Carter. Um, I thought Jordan Davis played well. He wasn't like a big time impactful player, but you know, whenever, whenever the Eagles shut down the run, you know, he's an impact. He may not, you know, make a splashy tackle or whatever, but uh, if other guys are making those tackles and shutting down the run, it's, it's primarily because Jordan David is clogging up that middle and doing his job. So that's the type of player he's going to be. If he gives us an extra pass rush in the mix as well, which he has shown the ability to do this year, that's going to be a bonus, you know, for sure. His job is really to, you know, clog that lineup so that the other defenders can go in there and, and stop the run, contain the run. And that's what he is really doing well at. Um, and Jalen Carter, different. I mean, he's good against the run, but he's he's meant to also get, you know, push that pocket back and get in the quarterback's face and, and make get some sacks. And it's just, you know, he even against double teams, I mean, he was getting by some of them. Even when he wasn't getting a sack, he was getting past them. And he's just – he is going – he's a rookie. This guy's a rookie. He does not look like a rookie at all. He, it's it's amazing. And he's, his effort is way – I was watching Donald too uh, when I could. Now, I'm not going to sit there and chip away at Donald. The guy is obviously an all-pro, future Hall of Famer. And he's an older player too. So his – you know, maybe his energy is not what it was when he was younger. He's not, you know, when he gets double teamed, he'll fight initially, but then he kind of just, you know, he was slowing down. Like he he wasn't fighting through the entire play. Notice that on Donald today. Um, you know, but uh, – and meanwhile, you know, Jalen Carter is fighting until the freaking whistle. And you love to see that for a guy too. Because he, you know, you always see these first-round picks that have all the talent in the world and are busting the NFL or just average players. And it's because of what I just said. They're not fighting through the whistle. Uh, even when he's double teamed, he's like, what are the chances for him getting to the quarterback when he's double teamed? Very la- far less than if he was, you know, straight up against the guy. But he fights tooth and nail to that whistle to try to get through and try to make a play and try to make an impact on each play. And that's what you love to see. This guy is going to be a great player. That's the tra- trajectory that he's on. He is he is fun to watch. And I'm I'm so excited when he gets a sack, man. Uh, when he got that sack on um, the second one, the one that was blatant, you know, definitely his only, you know, his sack alone. When he just absolutely threw Stafford on his ass, uh, and then you know did a little victory uh, celebration, man. That was that was, I was pumped up. I was pumped up, man. It's uh, it just brings a smile to my face that we got this guy on our team. Um, Brandon Morrow, or is his name Brandon Morrow? I'm so bad with names. You guys probably laugh at me when I butcher names or get them wrong. I got to do a better job at that. But Morrow, uh, two opportunities that he just muffed. He had an interception in his hands, and then he drops it. And it would have been a big interception. And then I think it was the next series, or I think it was the exact same series of downs. Uh, you know, the running back, I think it was, who caught like a flat pass, fumbles. And it goes right through Morrow's hands again. He had a chance to pounce on the ball and recover. The same, I believe it was the same series of downs, if I remember correctly. So thumbs down on him. Otherwise, he's played pretty well. I mean, his play overall has been very good. Uh, 
But man, you gotta, you gotta again. You play in these good teams, the 49ers, I mean, you all know who they are. Dallas, these t- these tougher teams coming up, Chiefs. You got to make those plays. You know, you can't be dropping dimmy interceptions. Um, Devontae Smith was kind of an invisible man today. They didn't throw to him too much. And when they did, he wasn't really – they were kind of like tough. Throw, they would have been very tough catches. Um, he just wasn't really part of the game plan or Hurts wasn't really looking his way. Meanwhile, A.J. Brown just had another monster game. Just the dude is just unbelievable. I mean, he's having games now where he's just unstoppable. Like you cannot stop him. He's dominating games now. Dominating. I mean, we know he's that good, but he's 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 so fun to watch too. I just would have liked them mixing it to Smith a little bit more in this game. Uh, they did get the ball to Goddard finally, and they were throwing him much more in the first half than in the second half, but Goddard was more of a player. They got to utilize him more because, you know, they're going to start, you know, AJ's going to start getting more attention because he is taking games over. And when that happens, then you need to get the Smith and Goddard, which is why the Eagles' offense is so damn good because they can also run the ball too with Swift and Gainwell. That's why this team is very, very good and can beat you in so many ways, led by the offensive line. Who didn't, who didn't? I know they probably get more credit, really, than any other offensive line in the league, but it's so deserving, and it doesn't – it shouldn't be understated. So I don't mind when when they keep talking about the Eagles' offensive line. Those guys up front are the keys as to why – as the keys to drive the engine of this Eagles' offense. And so um, shout-out to Suopeta today. I mean, guy came in. You, we wouldn't have known Juergens was out. He, you know, Donald again, he's one of two teams that he's never gotten a sack against. This is now five games. Before this game, it was four games in his career. Never had a sack against the Eagles. Now it's five games. He wasn't even a factor. Wasn't even a factor. Um, And this line is just awesome. Once again, these uh, brotherly shove plays, just you can't stop them. Can't stop. And Yeah, I see, starting to see some sentiment across the league about, uh, you know, players or, or uh, fans of other teams that are starting to get all ticked off about these this Eagles play. Well, tell you what, all the teams are trying it. And some of them are having pretty good success. I think it's like 80% across the league that more teams are running it. Now, the Eagles run it more because they actually run it if they're two yards short. <laughs> I don't know if how many teams have done that. They probably more of those teams are doing it fourth and inches or fourth and one. The Eagles do it on fourth and two and make it. But, but uh, they're also shooting at, I think, that before this game, it was 92%. And this game, they made it all but one. And they ran it probably five or six times today. Maybe more. I, like, I lost, kind of lost track. I think they ran it at least five or six times. And the only one that they didn't get was one they didn't really need. That was when they were just trying to run the clock out at the end of the game. So that wasn't really even, you know, it's not really one where they needed the critical, you know, fourth down to get to keep possession or whatever. It was really just, a, you know, so the Rams wouldn't get the ball back. So I don't even know if you'd really count that one. But the bottom line is, you know what? You guys, you know, you fans out there that are whining and crying about the, the, the play, stop it. The team has an opportunity to stop it every single time. It's mano y mano. It's toughness. That's what that, that play is about. It's who's stronger and who's tougher. And guess what? So far, nobody in the league is stronger and tougher than our offensive line. So you want to stop it? 
try to stop it. Jets, you're next. All right? That's my take on the uh, tush-push or the brotherly shove, as they call it. Um, this post-game, you know, it's not going to be as typically long, long podcast. Try to keep it. Usually my post-games are within half an hour, and this will be about the same. Uh, huge sacks in the last series there. If the Rams are going to have any chance to come back, uh, Redick, Hassan, just made sure that wasn't going to happen. Uh, two sacks, back-to-back plays. Um, the play, bef- you know, on, the, on the, this first sack, the guy that, you know, the left tackle there, I forget his name, start with Amazon McDonald or something like that, but I don't know, something like that. Um, went out with the injury and they had to bring a backup in for a play, and then he just absolutely smoked the backup and he got another sack on fourth down. And that, that effectively ended the game. Uh, so great job by Redick. I already talked about the keepers. I can't stand those keeper calls, you know. Brian Johnson, find those calls in your playbook and just throw them out and burn them in a trash can, please. I'm tired of the Hurts keepers. There's no need to do it on first and second down. You, you know, you're increasing your chance to get your quarterback hurt. They're plays that generally go nowhere anyway, and you're wasting plays. You're wasting plays. Get rid of them. I'm done with the Hurts keepers. All right. So. A uh, couple things to kind of just close out this podcast is we uh, play the Jets next week on the road again, but it's obviously going to be a bus trip uh, right up 95 to MetLife Stadium. So uh, play the Jets, who I believe won today against the Broncos. Um, you know, this is obviously not going to be the big buildup to playing the Jets with Aaron Rodgers like we all thought it was going to be earlier in the season where we thought this would be a much, much tougher game to win. Um, you just can't believe in Zach Wilson. The guy just is – I mean, he, he shows some flashes that he can play the position. But, I mean, against good teams, he's just overwhelmed. And obviously the Eagles are a good team. And there's going to be a lot of Eagle fans at this game, I would imagine – coming up again, being that it's just, you know, a couple hour drive up the road. Uh, you know, the Eagles should get another win next week and go to 6-0. I mean, it, they should. Now, the Jets have a very good defense, so they will be tested, you know, uh, on offense. I think it's good that they got the, you know, they get they were able to get Goddard going today. Um, look for a big day out of Smith next week because they will probably have – Sauce Gardner, I would imagine, on A.J. Brown. So, you know, Smith and Goddard and Swift, uh, Watkins, these guys are going to have to step up next week because Sauce is that good. Sauce is one of the guys that could slow down, you know, A.J. Brown for sure. He could be physical. He's a lengthier wide receiver, so he's not going to be, you know, just overpowered by A.J. Brown. Although AJ Brown could probably still overpower anybody, but you know what I mean. He's not going to be as out physical uh, like he's used to being AJ next week, and and he's one of the best, if not the best, corner cover corner in the NFL. So that's going to be something we'll talk about in a pregame podcast, and I uh, expect to have a guest also. Um, so we'll see if we're going to be able to put that together, and I'll bring a uh, Jets fan on 
uh, talk about the Jets and get his take on on uh, the Jets season. We'll try to do that, get that set up for this week for the pre pregame podcast against the Jets, and then we'll uh, we'll watch obviously with uh, open eyes tonight the big battle between the Cowboys and the 49ers. And as we said, as much as we uh, really don't like either team, you have to root for the 49ers because again, to enhance the Eagles' success in the playoffs this year. You want them to be at home, and you want them to even get the first round by. Might be tough to get the by because the 49ers have such an easy schedule compared to the Eagles. But that being said, you know, Cowboys are one of the teams that can beat them. The Eagles obviously a team that can beat them. I don't know if they play the Chiefs. But this Rams team, this Rams team, they got to play twice. And, you know, I think this Rams team could give the 49ers some problems. So hopefully the, of the Rams now that we've played them could help us out and uh, and knock off the 49ers at least once. I think it's probably too much to ask them to beat them twice. But let's hope the Rams can at least beat the uh, 49ers once this year and uh, help us, uh, you know, in terms of that overall record and our chances of getting the, you know, first round bye uh, in the playoffs and having that game against likely who would be the 49ers for the conference championship at the link like much like last year that's a lot you know we don't want to you know shift our focus too far down the road but because we're talking about dallas and 49ers today i just thought i'd i you know once again talk about the uh, importance of having to uh that it's more beneficial to the eagles to have the 49ers win tonight than the cowboys because the eagles have to win the division because they will not have home field advantage nor any chance obviously the first round bye if they are the wild card team uh, at the end of the season. So got to root for the 49ers. Uh, for me personally, I need McCaffrey to have another big game for me to have a, another fantasy victory. I'm actually undefeated in, in fantasy in one of my leagues. So, and that's the league I have McCaffrey in. So hopefully that continues also. I remain unbeaten just like my Eagles. And that's the idea, right? Um, guess what? I forgot to actually rewind my intro song. So we're going to have to go with this. We're going to do this on the fly. Thanks again for tuning in. Tell us if you just talk with Jeff. Really appreciate you tuning in. Again, please like, subscribe, and thank you very much for tuning in. Fly, Eagles, fly. We're 5-0. On to New York and the Jets next week. Take care, everybody. Fly, Eagles, fly. And we'll catch you all next time. Take care.